Welcome to Dark History Time with Brian. A few things before we get started. need to let you know that you might find some of this material disturbing. We do use adult language on the show. Listener to discretion is advised. Hey guys, welcome back and thanks for sticking with me through the little uh, unplanned hiatus there. Probably will have one more just because it's right around the holidays and as you know it gets extremely busy at that time. So it's tough for people to plan things and get things done, myself included. We're going to do this one the same way we did last. Um, I have found a pretty good little app that records voice. So... I do my part. I send it to Austin. He does his part to make me sound a little bit better, and then we get it posted up and ready for you guys to consume. So, I'm I once again didn't uh, get the opportunity that I'd hoped to get just because it's been so crazy this month. Um, have not properly researched a new episode for you guys, but I wanted to give you at least something in the month of December. And now we're damn near the end of it, and I'm finally getting around to it. So, we're gonna go ahead and. Uh, do December's dark history and uh, hopefully that'll be enough for you guys to get you by I am hoping by the second week of January third week at the latest we will be able to get you uh, a full episode that actually looks into a case or two and hopefully you guys enjoy it and hopefully it was worth the wait so without further ado Let's get you into some dark history dates from the month of December. First one I could run across was December 6th, 1917. Two ships collided at Halifax, Nova Scotia. That resulted in an explosion that killed more than 1,500 people and injured 8,000. The Norwegian ship Emo collided with the French munitions ship Mont Blanc, which was loaded with supplies for the war in Europe, including 5,000 tons of TNT. A tidal wave was caused by this explosion, and it ended up destroying much of the city. December 7th. I would like to think most folks know what took place on this date. Um, It is the date that FDR said would live in infamy, and the reason for that is the U.S. naval base in Pearl Harbor, Hawaii, on December 7, 1941, was attacked by nearly 200 Japanese aircraft in a raid that lasted just over an hour and left nearly 3,000 Americans dead. It's Pearl Harbor, Hawaii, a date which will live in infamy, December 7, 1941. December 8, 1940, during the Blitz, which, if you don't know, that was uh, German Air Force. That was their plan to basically break Britain by just bombing them. Uh, I just watched a documentary on this. I, I think it was something like 52 out of 53 days or something to that effect at this time. Um, didn't much care that it was the city. Didn't much care that there were civilians involved. It didn't really matter. 
So December 8, 1940, during the Blitz, the House of Commons and the Tower of London were both seriously damaged amid an overnight air raid by German bombers on London. A year later, December 8, 1941, a day after the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor, the United States and Britain declared war on Japan. Also December 8th, for you music fans, I'm sure this is a date that most of you will recognize, December 8th, 1980, John Lennon was assassinated outside of his hotel in New York City. December 11, 1941. In a major turning point for World War II, it occurred as Japan's Axis partners, Italy and Germany, both declared war on the United States. The U.S. Congress immediately declared war on them. President Roosevelt then made the defeat of Hitler the top priority, devoting nearly 90% of U.S. military resources to the war in Europe. Continuing on my notes here, sorry about that. December 13, 1862. Here we go with the Civil War. I know they don't really teach that too much anymore, so wanted to make sure you guys heard about this one and knew about this one. During the American Civil War, the Battle of Fredericksburg occurred in Virginia as the Union Army of the Potomac under General Burnside suffered a costly defeat, losing 12,653 men after 14 frontal assaults on well-entrenched rebels at Mary's Heights. We might as well have tried to take hell, a Union soldier remarked. Confederate losses were 5,309. It is well that war is so terrible. We should grow fond, too fond of it, stated Confederate General Robert E. Lee during the fighting. Interesting side note, uh, interesting little piece of trivia for you if you care to know. General Burnside wore his facial hair far down down near his uh, jawline, bottom of jawline there, and he is the reason that that style was called sideburns. It came from General Burnside. December 13th, 1934, the Gray Man, the werewolf of Wisteria, hopefully you guys know that name, Albert Fish, was arrested. December 13th, 1937, this is one that I will probably have to get into at some point in time at, at more length because it is just... Uh, for some reason, it's one we don't hear too much about. I am going to say that the uh, Nazi atrocities must have overshadowed it, so it kind of got lost. I'm going to also say that it's probably because the victims, uh, for, for better or worse, didn't mean much to us as far as reporting went, so it kind of is not very well discussed. But on December 13th, 1937, the beginning of one of the worst atrocities of World War II, Chinese city of Nanking was captured by the Japanese. Over the next six weeks, the rape of Nanking occurred, in which Japanese soldiers randomly attacked, raped, and indiscriminately, yeah, easy for me to say, indiscriminately killed an estimated 200,000 Chinese persons. Let that sink in, 200,000. Six weeks. Rape, pillage, and plunder. Stuff you hear about, uh, in the Dark Ages, occurring in 1937 in China. Another date, this one, uh, I believe most of the listeners will, they might not know the date, but they will certainly know the instance. Um, even any of you younger listeners know this one, it's new enough. December 14th, 2012, 
26 children and staff were gunned down at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut. Here when I have the chance, I do not buy into telling you who perpetrated these crimes. As far as school shootings, uh, mass casualty type incidents, it is becoming relatively clear, I think. Uh, there's been a lot of psychologists and sociologists speak on the fact that uh, the more you hear about the perpetrator, the more they're splashed up on the news, the more articles they get, the more people are wondering the motivations and things of that nature. While the motivation is a very important thing to try to figure out, the publishing of their name and the nearly instant infamy that they gain seems to lend itself to people perpetrating the same type of acts, hoping for the same type of reaction and infamy. So I know I've done some on the school shooters. Uh, I did a couple episodes on, I believe, pre-1990 school shootings. Um, and of course, I mean, I felt like I had to get that and those names to you because they were a little older, I think, and it just part of the historical record, I suppose you could say. But with these new ones, I don't know that I need to put that out there because you guys are probably aware. And if you're not, you're going to look it up on your own. Moving on in December, December 15th, 1890. This is one that I have always found tragic. And uh, if you've listened to some of the other episodes, you know I'm, I'm not an apologist for the way the Europeans treated the natives because obviously I can't apologize for things that happened that long ago. But I do want to call attention to them and, and show how wrong they were and how poorly indigenous people have been treated all around the world, but particularly in our country here in the United States. On December 15, 1890, and here I'm going to use their name that they prefer, not the name that's been stuck on them, Lakota leader Sitting Bull, whose native name was Tatanka Yatanka, was killed in a skirmish with U.S. soldiers along the Grand River in South Dakota as his warriors tried to prevent his arrest. Now, that's a little blurb saying a skirmish. Uh, what, what had occurred is at the time, there was a new movement going through uh, the native tribes. It was called the Ghost Dance. <clears throat> uh, Wavoka, I don't recall without my research which uh, tribe he was. I think it was in Nez Perce, but don't hold me to that. Um, he traveled amongst all the tribes and told them of his vision of what the ghost dance was, which was quite simply that the buffalo would return, that things would return to the way they had been prior to white man's arrival on the continent. It never was a war dance. It never was about killing the white folks. It was simply saying if you partook of the ghost dance, you could set things back to the way they used to be. That was the belief that's what that was going on. Of course, it was misinterpreted by uh, folks on the agency. That's what they used to call reservations was the agency. So you had the people that ran the agency, and they started reporting back that the natives are on the war path. They're doing war dances. So tensions were extremely high. Um, I now I have forgotten, and that pisses me off. I think it was—I'm pretty sure it was Standing Rock Reservation. 
in modern South Dakota that uh, Sitting Bull was on that agency. The agency man in charge wanted Sitting Bull arrested, so he sent agents to do so. They did have their own police force, the Lakota did, on the agency. Um, They were viewed by their own as a little bit traitorous. I mean, they they did mostly abide by them, but they they felt like they had kind of betrayed their their people by choosing to enforce the rules of the agency. So they went in to arrest Sitting Bull. Of course, he didn't go very easily. He wasn't going to recognize their authority, but he was going with them. They did have him by each arm. His uh, son, I believe, was 14 years old, was there. He was trying to, to fight him a little bit. And as they got outside of his cabin, some folks there that followed Sitting Bull closely and uh, believed him or held him in very high regard, tried to prevent the arrest. Things got heated. <clears throat> A shot was fired, most likely, from the Sitting Bull side although he, of course, was unarmed. As soon as that first shot was fired, the officer on one side of Sitting Bull pretty much shot him right in the head and executed him. There wasn't, it's, it, you know, they, they claim a skirmish. I don't know that I'd, more shots were fired afterwards, but the whole start of it was, in essence, the execution of Sitting Bull. December 15th, also 1961, Nazi SS Colonel Adolf Eichmann was sentenced to death in Jerusalem for his role in the Holocaust. Eichmann had organized the deportation of Jews from all over occupied Europe and sent them to the Nazi death camps. December 16, 1944. I just got my wife to watch Band of Brothers. Uh, We just finished it yesterday, as a matter of fact. I highly, highly recommend it to any of you folks who want to know a little bit more about World War II. Um, This was a big, big one. We're going to have some big numbers here that we're going to talk about. And although I kind of go quickly through these things, I I can't recommend enough. You do a little more further research to see the conditions that, uh, that took place here. December 16th, 1944, the Battle of the Bulge began as Germans launched a counteroffensive in the Ardennes Forest along a 75-mile front, taking American troops by surprise. They were aided by a foggy, snowy weather They penetrated 65 miles into the Allied lines by the end of December. The German advance was eventually halted by Montgomery, General Montgomery, and I'm probably going to mispronounce this, on the Meuse and Patton at Bastogne. As the weather cleared, Allied aircraft attacked German ground forces and supply lines, and the counteroffensive ultimately failed. There were an estimated 77,000 Allied and 130,000 German casualties. It was freezing cold there. The American troops that were stationed in Bestone were not equipped for winter weather. So, um, if you can, and and the artillery barrages from the Germans were just just cut them apart. Like I said, um, if you don't, for some reason, if you don't want to watch the entire series, Band of Brothers, at least watch episodes six and seven uh, about their time in Bastogne and the Ardan Forest. December 18, 
going back to World War I here, December 18, 1916. During World War I, the Battle of Verdun concluded after 10 months of fighting in which 543,000 French and 434,000 German soldiers were killed. December 18, 1940, Hitler ordered his German general staff to begin planning Operation Barbarossa, the invasion of Soviet Russia. Probably he made a lot of mistakes uh, as far as leading Germany in World War II. This was a very large one. This was designed to attack Soviet Russia. It might, I might go so far as to say it, it hastened the end for Nazi Germany. Once they got into Russia, they got across pretty quickly. But uh, once they got to Stalingrad and became mired down in fighting there and the winter, and then the tide was turned, that was that was pretty much uh, the beginning of the end. December 19, 1946. I bring this to your attention not because America was directly involved here, but this is the beginning of why it even became a thing that we got ourselves involved in uh, for reasons that now, in hindsight, really don't make any sense, and even at the time didn't necessarily make a whole lot of sense to folks that were involved. Um, if you think this sounds familiar, it does, because we have done the same thing in Iraq and Afghanistan. But on December 19th, 1946, war broke out in French Indochina as Ho Chi Minh attacked the French, seeking to oust them from Vietnam. This marked the beginning of a 30-year conflict, which eventually led to heavy U.S. involvement and ended with a communist victory in April of 1975 after U.S. withdrawal from South Vietnam. So 46 Vietnamese and French are going at it because the French uh, had colonized the area. And wanted to make sure it stayed theirs. Um, they were, I don't have the date, I might have it at some point when we get further along because I don't remember when it occurred. But basically the the Battle of Dien Bien Phu was the end of the French occupation of Vietnam. They got the hell out of there realized that you can't, as the saying used to go, you can't win a land war in Asia. They realized that they were just going to get mired down and, and uh, sustain a lot of casualties. So they withdrew. Um, 1954, I do believe, we had military advisors over there and things just kind of started stepping up from there. There was the Gulf of Tonkin incident, which has since been proven to be a false flag and kind of sped up our involvement in Vietnam. And we know... Well, we should know how that went. Hopefully, you guys do. If you here again, I I highly encourage you to uh, to learn more about Vietnam and and what went down, why it went down, and the effects. Going a little further back, December twentieth, eighteen sixty, South Carolina became the first state to secede from the Union in a prelude to the American Civil War. Within two months, Mississippi, Florida, Alabama. Georgia, Louisiana, and Texas seceded. In April of 1861, Virginia seceded, followed within five weeks by Arkansas, Tennessee, and North Carolina, thus performing an 11-state confederacy with a population of 9 million, which included nearly 4 million slaves. The Union had 21 states and a population of over 20 million. 
So that should show you there, regardless of your thoughts or beliefs, simply on a numbers game alone, I'm not sure how the Confederacy thought they would ultimately prevail. Um, There's a whole lot that went on that led up to that. I'm not going to say it wouldn't have been a war because it probably would have been a war regardless. Um, I would think that the Union government would want to maintain the entire United States, not allow a separate uh, confederacy within its within the own continent here. But first shots were fired from the confederacy, and and of course it had to be answered and. Uh, Lots and lots of death and destruction. And still to this day, uh, thoughts, beliefs carried over. And yeah, don't have much more to say, apparently. December 20th, 1968, get us into some true crime here. The Zodiac Killer out in California shoots his first confirmed victims. There's belief that he had some victims before this, but these... These two victims are for sure attributed to the Zodiac Killer. December 20th, 1989. I was just talking to a co-worker about this because he knew the some of the people involved, uh, some of the divisions involved. December 20th, 1989. The U.S. invaded Panama, attempting to capture Manuel Noriega on charges of narcotics trafficking. Operation Just Cause occurred seven months after Noriega had declared unfavorable election results in his country to be null and void. Boy, sounds a little bit like uh, what tried to take place here last year. The invasion toppled Noriega government and resulted in the installation of Guillermo Indara as president. Noriega temporarily eluded capture, but surrendered a few weeks later to U.S. troops. He was then tried, convicted, and imprisoned in the United States. Interesting side note, heavy metal music and the sounds of pigs being slaughtered was used extensively outside of the compound that Noriega uh, holed up in, in what was known as PSYOPs, psychotic operation, or excuse me, psychotic, (laughs) psychological operations employed trying to, you know, keep from having to send anybody in and possibly get shot. You just... uh, Blast the place with lights, music, annoying sounds. We will see a few years later, um, and hopefully you've had the chance to check out on either the Dark History and Horror Convention page or Dark History Time with Brian. I posted it there as well. Our uh, presentation that David Thibodeau, survivor of Waco, put on at this last year's convention, that occurred in Waco as well. They cut the power, flooded the place with lights, and... uh, most annoying sounds you could find trying to drive them out. This one, I was 15. I remember when it took place. I do need to research it better myself just just because of what it was. Um, I do believe this was the largest loss of life in a hijacking. Um, December 21, 1988, Pan American Flight 103 exploded in midair as the result of a terrorist bomb and it crashed into Lockerbie, Scotland. All 259 passengers and crew members, along with 11 persons on the ground, were killed. Like I said, I, I remember it happening. I wasn't 
as into world dark history events then as I've tried to become now. So I, I just remember it being a terrorist bombing. I remember the number of the flight, 103, and I remember Lockerbie. So that was, uh, yeah, 259 passengers and crew, 11 people on the ground. December 22nd, 1978. I suggest you guys go listen to this podcast that I've discovered within the last month or two. It's called Defense Diaries. It is put on by Bob Mata, who is the son of uh, one of the Gacy defense attorneys, John Wayne Gacy defense attorneys. His dad turned over or gave him as a present for his birthday one year a shoebox full of tapes that were taped conversations with Gacy between Gacy and his defense attorneys. It was over 15 hours worth of uh, conversations, which Bob has skillfully, artfully uh, turned into his podcast. Still in the first season, I can't remember what episode we're up to because I'm far behind. I recently came to it. I know I'm on episode 17. Um, Each of them lasts about an hour. I believe he's up in the 20s, maybe even, I believe, 27 now, if I remember correctly, seeing a post. But uh, Bob is a defense attorney himself. So not only the input of listening to the videos, but speaking to the legal and uh, legal aspects as far as trial, pretrial motions, things of that nature. Bob can educate you on those. And, I, and I'm telling you, it's, it's just absolutely phenomenal podcast. Um, I've actually made some contact with, with Bob Mata uh, through Facebook. We've messaged back and forth a couple times. And yeah, something is going to come of that. You just have to wait and see what it is. So on December 22nd, 1978, John Wayne Gacy confessed to killing 25 to 30 young men. This is one day after his arrest on a marijuana charge. He had been under surveillance, uh, overt surveillance, meaning that they were out in the open. They didn't try to hide what they were doing. They believe it's probably safe to assume that the uh, mental wear and tear on Gacy, he kind of knew the end was near, started falling apart, went around on the 21st of December, 78, saying his goodbyes, although they didn't realize at the time that's what he was probably doing. That's what he ended up being or doing handed off a big bag of uh, marijuana cigarettes to an attendant at a gas station owned by a friend of his. The kid kind of was like taken aback and didn't know what to think. Turned him over to his boss and was like, hey man, he just gave me all this. One of the officers spoke with the gas station owner who told him that, hey, John just handed this off. So they moved in. Uh, initiated traffic stop, placed him under arrest on that to hold him long enough to be able to effectuate a search warrant of his home, which ultimately led to the discovery of all the bodies. December 23rd, 1948. Hideki Tojo was hanged for war crimes. He had been the Japanese prime minister from 1941 to 1944. Following Japan's defeat in World War II, he was arrested as a war criminal, tried by a military tribunal, and sentenced to death. He was hanged, along with six other Japanese wartime military leaders, 
at Sugumo Prison in Tokyo with a sentence carried out by the 8th U.S. or U.S. 8th Army, excuse me, U.S. 8th Army. December 24, I just thought this was interesting. Um, I'm going to throw it out there because I, I chuckle at it, but it obviously led to much bigger, badder, worse things going on. December 24th, 1914, the first ever German air raid against Britain took place when a German monoplane dropped a single bomb on Dover, England during World War I. Interesting fact, hopefully we'll get to it at some point in time, um, some of the Prohibition Wars down around St. Louis and the river area between the uh, Berger Gang and uh, the Shelton Gang, they actually flew a plane over and tried to drop bombs during their little their little battle during Prohibition, which is, is rather insane, but it did occur. December 25th, 1957. I suppose you could call it a Christmas gift. Old Eddie Gein, the Plainfield ghoul, was found insane at his trial for the uh, murder of Bernice Warden. And I, I believe they tied in uh, Mary Hogan at this one. I, I don't recall it, which is shitty on my part. I just finished the book not too long ago that was written by his trial judge after the trial was over with. It was good. I learned a lot from that one. That, that's simply titled Ed Gein, I do believe. Uh, now that I'm in my new place with my office set up, I should be able to just find it. Yes, Edward Gein is the title of the book, America's Most Bizarre Murderer by Judge, I can't see it from this distance, Robert Goldner. Check that one out if you get a chance. should be able to find it pretty easy on Amazon. I know it was in mass paperback, so it shouldn't cost you a whole lot. December 25th, 1989, in Romania, a television broadcast of a Christmas symphony was interrupted with the announcement that Nicolae Ceausescu and his wife had been executed following a popular uprising. A pro-democracy coalition then took control. Ceausescu, a hardline communist, had been ousted from power after ordering his black-shirted state police to suppress his disturbance in the town of Timisoara, resulting in the deaths of an estimated 4,500 people. There again, I just I remember the name, 89, uh, 16 years old. I just remember that Ceausescu um, name being heard a lot on the news. So that's there again, like it says, uh, a popular uprising they were hoping for democracy in Romania. He clearly wanted to prevent that from happening. So another, you know, hardline ruler taking out his own citizenry to maintain his position. December 26th, 1964, Ian Brady and Myra Henley killed their final victim. They were known as the Moors murderers over in England. Uh, pretty crazy story. Ian Brady was definitely the problem. Uh, Myra Henley, from the best, uh, from what I take from it, was was definitely going to be a follower. Um, and their victims of choice were children. So look further into them if you care to. If you don't know 
who they are. Um, they're pieces of shit, but being a true crime podcast and being into true crime, it's, it's some people you should be familiar with. December 26th, 2004, an estimated 230,000 people were killed and 1.5 million left homeless. When a magnitude 9.3 earthquake on the seafloor of the Indian Ocean set off a series of giant tsunami waves that smashed into the shorelines of a dozen countries, including Indonesia, Sri Lanka, Thailand, India, and Somalia. Relatively recent, guys. Relatively recent. This is another one. Um, This is a world thing. I do believe most of you have probably at least heard of Rwanda. Um... Maybe you've heard of it because of the genocide that took place there. December 27th, 1996, a genocide trial began concerning the killings of an estimated 800,000 Tutsis in Rwanda. In 1994, a bloody civil war had broken out between the two main ethnic groups. Please forgive me if I'm mispronouncing these. The Hutu and the Tutsi. After the Hutu army seized power, it had waged a campaign of ethnic cleansing against the Tutsi population. Ethnic cleansing um, has always been a thing, but it seems like the 80s and 90s, there was a lot of it going on. Uh, Rwanda, Somalia, um, I'm trying to think of that, the big one that I know, uh, Serbia. Uh, yeah, a lot of it seemed to be going on at that time. Going back to my earlier conversation about Sitting Bull, here's another one that is just, uh, I know I mentioned it on uh, murder, or excuse me, on uh, Morbidly Macabre at one point in time. Uh, This one, I have been to this location. I spent a better part of an hour conversing with a Lakota man out there uh, more about the conditions that they find themselves in nowadays, but uh, the whole purpose of my going out there was to, to see this place and it, you, you could just, you just got to feel, I mean, it, you can tell some heavy shit went down. December 29th, 1890 memory members of the U S seventh cavalry massacred more than 200 native American men, women, and children at wounded knee Creek, South Dakota. It's not making things up. Some of the people in the, some of the members of the cavalry that didn't partake and absolutely found it, uh, atrocious what took place did make their statements they stated that most of the small children were stomped to death rather than wasting bullets women were cut from groin to neck uh, it was I, I will definitely cover this better in the future December 29th and through the 30th 1960 16, and this is just a name that you guys know, so I wanted to throw it out there because you might only know the name. In the waning days of the Romanov dynasty, Russian monk Rasputin, I'm going to try the name. I am going to apologize in advance. I know Grigory, that's easy enough because everybody knows him as Grigory Rasputin, but his whole name was Grigory Yefmanov, yeah, <laughs> Yefimovich Novkaya, I believe. There again, sorry. If I butchered it, I probably did. He was assassinated. A group of conspirators had lured him into a private home and poisoned and shot him, although he did not die. 
They then tied him up and threw him into the Neva River, in which he had drowned. Rasputin had gained enormous influence with Russian Emperor Nicholas II and Empress Alexandra, claiming divine inspiration and the ability to perform miracles, especially in helping young Nicky, the Tsar's son, who was a hemophiliac. He also urged severe measures in dealing with the peasant masses and for a time had virtually dictated government policy. Remember earlier I mentioned the Blitz? December 29, 1940, during the Blitz, German aircraft dropped thousands of incendiary bombs on the center of London, causing the worst fire damage since the Great Fire of 1666. St. Paul's Cathedral survived, but eight other Wren churches, along with the Guildhall and the Old Bailey, were badly damaged. Um, I know it is on... Shit. Can't remember if it's on Paramount Plus. I think that I've got too many streaming services. Paramount Plus has a uh, one-hour documentary that was done by the Smithsonian uh, about the Blitz, and uh, I, I there again suggest it. Incendiary devices became a big thing in World War II. They were uh, dropped with the idea of not being <clears throat> not exploding, but creating a firestorm, and uh, yeah, highly effective as far as damage goes. December 29, 1965. I remember earlier I said our involvement in Vietnam ended in 75, 10 years prior. During the Vietnam War, North Vietnamese President Ho Chi Minh rejected unconditional peace talks offered by the U.S. So way back when, and 10 years prior to us leaving, we, we tried to uh, negotiate peace. It, it was rejected and, and uh, spent 10 more years getting, getting American troops killed. Gonna round out the month here for you guys. December 30th, 1903. This one I knew nothing about. Um, I'll probably look up a little bit more just for my knowledge. 1903, Chicago, a fire inside the Iroquois Theater killed 588 people. Eventually resulted in new fire safety codes for theaters. I am, now that I say I've just heard about it, I know I am almost 100% positive that was the uh, the event that caused the saying you never yell fire in a theater this was this was the cause of it I am almost 100% positive I, that just blows me away 588 people in a theater I mean I've been to some of the older theaters they are quite regal the Virginia here in Champaign-Urbana is one that was not, not quite that old but uh, I believe it was built in the 20s yeah They were large, and uh, obviously it was the place to go for entertainment. I'm going to finish you up with uh, a very well-known serial killer and uh, escapade that he uh, undertook on December 30th, 1977. Ted Bundy escaped from his cell in Garfield County Jail in Glenwood Springs, Colorado. This was his second escape from a county jail in the state of Colorado. He had lost weight and went through a light fixture, which was in his cell. He dropped down into the jailer's apartment. It happened to be empty, luckily for him. He got dressed and simply left. He put books and pillows on the bed to make it look like he was there, and at this time he was added to the FBI's 10 Most Wanted. And he ended up going on to take, uh, after this escape, he took more lives, excuse me, I couldn't read my own notes, Took three more lives and attempted three more, the last of which, of course, was Kimberly Leach, a young junior high-aged student. 
And that wraps up the infamous month of December for you guys. It's not all uh, clearly the holidays that everybody knows and celebrates have not always uh, mattered throughout history. You know, the month of uh, good tidings and good cheer. Uh, it clearly hasn't always meant that. So, once again, I, I said not a full episode, but I've noticed I've been talking for damn near 40 minutes, so I hope you've stuck with me. hope you've learned a little bit of something. hope you look forward to a new year where I will, uh, once again, get back in person with Austin, and we will bring you some some new cases and expand out. I've recently on the page had uh, had Angela... Pontius uh, mentioned the Starved Rock murders. I am aware of them. I have the book that was written by Steve Stout, who was a reporter up there. Um, I know there's a new, I believe it's on HBO, documentary about the Starved Rock murders. Um, she was asking if I would hit on those, so clearly that's an idea that I need to, to look further into. I said I would, so um, I might not be able to present it quite as in-depth as the documentary I assume will. I have yet to watch it as clearly on my list, but I have yet to watch it. I know there's some other ones coming up soon on uh, Netflix. I know there's one called uh, The Scene of the Crime. That's a series that they started, the first one being, the first season being on the uh, Cecil Hotel. Hopefully you guys have seen it. A couple of those episodes go off into La La Land as far as uh, conspiracies and thoughts, but it does do a good job of the background and, uh, and telling you about the case and all the twists and turns that it took. Second season is going to be on, uh, it sounds like it's going to be on the, uh, blank it out, Times Square torso killer, the, the torso murder, Richard Cottingham in New York. Um, I call him a friend, although we've only chatted through Facebook, Peter Vronsky, who has written some fantastic books on serial killers. Uh, he's a guy that I consider to be one of the top experts. Um, his books I consider to be Bibles as far as uh, learning about serial killers. His uh, his research and knowledge on the case um, is going to be a lot of what's going into the new documentary. I suggest you guys check that one out. And when his book finally does come out on the on the torso killer in Times Square. You gotta, you gotta check it out. Um, Peter actually has done a a shit ton of work on it. He had a chance encounter with Cunningham back during his killing spree when Cunningham was leaving one of the hotels that he had left a torso in. Um, after he was caught, that's when Vronsky realized that he'd had a chance encounter with him. And I don't recall how long it's been going on. It's at least a year now. Vronsky hooked up with one of Cottingham's daughter, or excuse me, victim's daughters, and they have approached Richard about where her mom's body might be located. And it has led to extensive conversations with Cottingham, who has confessed to them dozens upon dozens of murders that he was never linked to. They are working with cold case detectives in New York and New Jersey to relay this information and hopefully find the remains of uh, a lot of people that have just been lost to history. So check that out as well. I'm going to wrap it up. This is probably one of the longer ones instead of a short one. This is probably a little bit longer one just because I got to talking about some of the topics, but hopefully you understand the, the passion that I hold for these things and 
why I do what I do. So thanks for listening. Continue to listen to us in the new year. I hope you all have a happy holiday season, and we'll, we'll see you again soon. Thanks. Thanks.